It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I'm here with Zerlina Maxwell. And here to help us understand everything that's going on on the Hill right now, it's Washington Bureau Chief at HuffPost, Amanda Turkle. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Hey, good. Good to be back. Good morning. How are how are things on the Hill? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, a little bit is happening. Not a lot is happening. Right. And so I think the Hill is going about as well as you think it is. <laughs> okay, good. That's uh, that's what I was worried about. All right. So you recently had an article that I thought was really interesting because this has been driving me up the wall. The comparisons between Kirsten Cinema and John McCain. I know they are happening because they are both from Arizona. But as far as I'm concerned, like that is where the similarities end. <laughs> and yet we keep hearing about this Kirsten Cinema, like, you know, taking on the mantle of John McCain. And I just wanted to ask you, like, where do you think who is pushing that narrative? Like, where do you think that's coming from? Definitely coming from Kirsten Cinema herself. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, you know, when she was running for the Senate, she uh, said that she wanted to be the next John McCain. She would reportedly tell her staff this. And I talked to former staffers who said that she was always sort of looking at McCain and trying to follow in his model. Um, when she was, she gave her first floor speech as a senator, she invoked John McCain. She has called him my personal hero. So she is the one putting this out there, but the media seems to be willing to play along. And so, you know, you just Google Kristen Cinema, John McCain, and just news story after news story pops up, just casually mentioning the two of them as, as if she's, you know, a, a fellow maverick from Arizona. But he was a Republican. He yeah. was a Republican. Yeah, he was also a pretty conservative Republican. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like that wasn't he was a maverick, but he was not moderate. I think that was that's actually um, that I, I don't know. I mean, the spectrum is all that of whack. So it's, I don't even know where like I'm, you know, mentally putting him on this political spectrum of right to left. Um, but I, I he was he was conservative. <laughs> he was a conservative Republican. It's not anyway. It, it, that's so bizarre to me. Did, no, you and, feel- and, you know, cinema yeah, actually like- votes against Democrats far more often than McCain did. You know, he he didn't like, you know, I think he obviously had his issue, issues with George W. Bush. They ran against each other uh, for president. Uh, the primary, it was, you know, it was famously nasty. I mean, you know, the Bush campaign implied that he had an illegitimate daughter just because yep. uh, she was a different race. I mean, it was it was disgusting. Um, and, you know, McCain, McCain is one, as I think, you know, everyone knows he has a temper, <laughs> he holds grudges, and he, he broke with the Bush administration a fair amount. Um, but honestly, cinema breaks from Democrats far, far more. And, and I think, you know, I, I, you know, I think what drives McCain, I think most people felt like he had principles, even if you didn't agree with them, you felt yeah. like you knew where John McCain was coming from. You know, he had things that he took on and he fought throughout his career. Um, I think people are hard up to say what 
Kirsten Cinema, you know, what what issues are really driving her? Well, this is the piece where I, I really like my brain breaks when people try to make this comparison, because like we all lived through John McCain. Like we know what John <laughs> McCain was about. He talked constantly. He had That's the Straight point, Talk yes. Express where he actually right. invited reporters on the bus on the record at all times they could ask him whatever questions they wanted and he would hold court on on policy or or uh, or on pop culture like he was mm-hmm. just an open book like he Christian cinema is the opposite we don't right. actually know what's driving her she won't explain the policy positions that are making her take the political stances that she can take reporters can't get to her her constituents had to lobby her in the bathroom because they can't have access to her any other way like doesn't isn't that a really really big puncture in this comparison balloon right there Absolutely. I mean, she is known as one of the least friendly and least accessible senators for reporters out there. And and McCain was the opposite. McCain was probably one of the friendliest. Um, You know, he could be surly at times, but he he was friendly. He would talk to reporters. He was on the Sunday shows every single Sunday, which was too much. That's what I was going to say. I was just going to (laughs) say that. You know, there was like an old old saying, if it's Sunday, it's John McCain. Yes. (laughs) that was a thing yeah it definitely was and so you knew where McCain was you knew what he stood for you know he had things like you know McCain was not known as being uh cozy sort of with corporate power I mean I think you know he faced some criticism for you know uh for you know working with lobbyists and stuff but in general I would say the lobbying industry was not a fan of John McCain he took on the tobacco industry in the 90s uh Obviously, there was campaign finance reform with Russ Feingold, which tried to reduce the influence of corporations, which the Supreme Court then uh, sort of undercut. But Kristen Cinema is known for being cozy with lobbyists, cozy with corporations. Um, it's a big source of discomfort amongst other people in her party. Uh, and so, you know, that's a, that's another big difference, too. I was just going to say that thing about Meet the Press, because um I mean, he was on Sunday shows, not even just Meet the Press, but he was on Sunday shows like literally every week. I mean, one of the things that is a true story, which is kind of funny and not funny, but amusing <laughs> in hindsight, um, is That's this kind. is a true story. I was sitting in the airport in Phoenix, Arizona, and this is after Netroots Nation in like 20, was that 2015, Jess? Um, mm-hmm. And this is the day after Donald Trump has said that John McCain wasn't a hero because he was captured this is the day, uh, the day after that so i'm literally like reading the headlines in the morning in the airport and i'm like oh sh- snap that's crazy that's that's terrible and then i look up i swear to god this happened standing in front of me <laughs> is john mccain i swear to god swear to god. i'm reading <laughs> the article on my phone and i look up and it's john mccain <laughs> and we make eye contact and he doesn't know me but he smiles and he's like, hello, you know, like, and he keeps going over to the gate because um, we're on the same flight to New York. Because guess what? He's going to meet the press. Um, <laughs> he's clearly going That's to. That's so he's perfect. In, he's in coach. I, I swear he was like talking on a flip phone. Uh, he was taking selfies. Uh, he was super smiley and, and, and friendly. People were like, hey, and he was like, hey, you know, like he was there was no like air about him. He was like, we rolled his own suitcase. Um, I think there might have been one staffer. Um and I was like, there were two things about it. One, clearly unbothered. 
by what had happened the day before, like just smiling and upbeat, right. um, happy to be there. Um, and on a flip phone in coach going to New York for meet the press. And I was like, huh, that is so amusing. Like just in the context of the whole moment, but it told me a lot about him in that just small brief ob observation. Can, can you talk about like, what is Kirsten cinema actually like? I don't know if I can, I know the sound of her voice. Like, I know, you know what, what she mean? was if, like if you... when I met her in 2010, but I, I don't have any clue what she's like now. <laughs> yeah, so I've talked to former staffers for both McCain and Cinema, and you know those are people who get to know their bosses really well, for better or worse. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yep. you know the McCain staffers are incredibly loyal. Uh, they they still are loyal to uh, their former boss, to each other. They're incredibly protective of his legacy. And, and they have nothing but good things to say about their former boss. Um, cinema staffers, on the other hand, uh, I have not heard that from. Uh, they are, you know, former cinema staffers are not a tight-knit group. You don't hear about, you know, alumni gatherings, like big listservs that they have. Um, I've heard people who say that she was um, not an especially great person to work for. Um, you know, a lot of bosses uh, on Capitol Hill are known as not being great. So I'm not saying that she's necessarily out of the ordinary, but I think she, right? yeah, but I think she, she does stand out as being different than McCain in that request, uh, in, in that, in that respect. So, um, I think, you know, McCain, I think too, um, I heard from his former staffers when I talked to them for this piece, you know, he would just stop, uh, sort of like you were saying, Zerlina, just sort of stop you know, often talk to random people, mm -hmm. show kindness toward pages, toward interns, bring them along to meetings. You know, he was just this people person. Um, I have not heard that quite as much about cinema. I mean, even besides uh, how she treats reporters, I just haven't heard that she's like out there, you know, trying to um, talk to random people and, and just sort of bring them along. So, so yeah, so I think, I think that is, that is quite a difference. And, you know, the McCain staffers I talked to for this piece, I thought, I wondered what they would think between about the comparisons and, you know, some of these people are obviously Republicans. And so they, mm -hmm. they like what Kristen Cinema is doing and they think she's great, but others also took issue with comparisons between the two. And, and, and the big thing was that you, they just can't tell what cinema stands for right now. Um, and McCain, it was always clear. And I think uh, Rick Perlstein, you know, journalist, historian who's written about Barry Goldwater, Ronald Reagan, and other people. He said, you know, if you are, he told me, if you are trying to be a maverick, like fundamentally by definition, you are not a maverick. And so Cinema is sort of disqualifying herself from the maverick status <laughs> just by trying to be John McCain. <laughs> that is a really authentic. Point. That's just the advice right. for life, you guys. No matter what job you're doing, like be true to yourself and like what you're like figure out what your values are and try to live up to those. I mean, trying to be like John McCain, trying to be a maverick like John McCain, that's it's never gonna it just everybody and, and I think this is why just a lot of people are watching her and they're confused. There's confusion. I am confused. <laughs> <laughs> you're confused um and I, I think am. that it stems from the fact that she's trying to be something someone else it's a clear yeah. Yeah. it's obvious 
you know, and I think and, you know, that's, and I that's just, what we're talking about. I, yeah. I don't know if it can work for her. I mean, McCain started in a different place. He was a yep. war hero. Yep. Um, right. He yeah. was known for, you know, standing up and, and speaking out and refusing to give in. And so he was able, you know, McCain was also a political animal, just like cinema. And he recognized that, you know, this, it may be who he is, but he also knew that politically, like he could use that image and turn it into his brand and that he used so successfully over the years. You know, cinema was a liberal. She was an Iraq war protester. She was a Green Party activist. You know, she Mm -hmm. started in a very different place. And I think that she doesn't necessarily get the same benefit of doubt that that McCain got. Talk a, can, can you talk about what's happening with uh, reproductive rights groups in Arizona? Because it, as, as we talk about the insulation of Kirsten Cinema, like that insulation comes from, uh, includes constituencies that used to count her as a close ally and, and the repro rights community is, is one of those. So, so tell me a little bit about what's going on in Arizona in that respect. Yeah, that's what uh, we were when we were talking about. We don't know what she actually stands for. I would say that's one thing I was thinking is that she has actually been really good on reproductive rights and on LGBTQ rights. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say those are those are areas where I think she has been a reliable ally. Uh, But, you know, those groups right now are are not happy with what she's doing. And we've seen a bit of a shift um, in some reproductive rights groups, uh, most noticeably NARAL which uh, they were reluctant to come out and endorse getting rid of the filibuster. Um, and now they have. And cinema obviously still does not want to get rid of the filibuster. And so right now, you know, there's, I think, some pressure on her, but they're not, they're not fully abandoning cinema. They know that she's still an ally, but there's a coalition uh, called Fix Our Senate, which Im- includes lots of civil rights groups and progressive groups, but also includes some reproductive rights groups. And they have put out an ad uh, saying that a TV ad and digital ad saying that, you know, we need to get rid of the filibuster. And it doesn't mention cinema, but they're starting out nationally, DC and in Arizona, notably. And so they are, um, you know, sort of starting to look at her, I think a little bit closer. And it'll be interesting to see how much pressure they actually do put on her more directly since she is such a strong ally. I, I mean, Kirsten I, Cinema, the other Kirsten uh, in the Senate <laughs> yesterday on her TikTok posted a video saying we have to get rid of the filibuster. Like I, I'm hearing more. I saw also reporting Tina Smith has um, been more outspoken. So you're seeing more senators as opposed to House members, progressive House members say that explicitly. Um, and so I'm curious if that's going to put more pressure on her as she meets with Joseph R. Robinette Biden this afternoon in the White House. Um, <laughs> um, I wonder if that's going to be in her head a little bit that, you know, she's there. I think they're isolating the two of the two of them um, in in a way to sort of say, like, guys, we don't have all we really don't have all the time in the world. <laughs> I mean, that's just like fact um, as uh, the calendar goes. And so I feel like part of it is that's part of the pressure campaign as well. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, you know, I have no idea what is going on in her head, or if any sort of pressure <laughs> would work. I mean, so, so far, she seems honestly, completely immune to any sort of pressure from her constituents, um, from, you know, allied groups, from other senators. And so I would not be surprised if she were like the last senator standing, <laughs> and the last person opposed 
to getting rid of the filibuster on the Democratic side and, and still saying, I'm not going to do it. Um, you know, that's one thing a former McCain staffer said that, you know, McCain himself was very opposed to getting rid of the filibuster. And so he thought that this was great that she was following in his legacy by also standing strong on it. And maybe this is something that she does see as, as central to her maverick identity. Um, but there's just been no indication so far that she will budge from this at all, even though, you know, I think Democrats who don't think that Mitch McConnell <laughs> will get rid of the filibuster if he gets control of the Senate, I think are uh, engaging in some wishful thinking because it's clear that Mitch McConnell will do whatever he needs to do to exert power. <laughs> Is there something happening in Arizona that we who don't live there aren't understanding? Because it feels like that that calculation, I'm going to be the last one standing on this this arcaic procedural issue that is preventing the agenda that will help you and your families from being enacted like that feels like not a good political stance for electoral purposes so as somebody who has been studying her and what she does and why she does it is there something happening in arizona are they really anti-filibuster reform in arizona like is 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 that somehow a good political stance for her to have <laughs> i mean that's the that's as someone who's not from arizona too this right. is a like million dollar question right is is what she's doing really politically savvy and political ne- politically necessary or is it political suicide or is it is it fine but overreaching you know i think that's what Joe Manchin gets, um, I think, a little bit more slack from people because Mm -hmm. progressives and Democrats say like, look, Joe Manchin's really conservative, but he's from West Virginia. And realistically, if Joe Manchin doesn't have that Senate seat, it will go to a Republican. He may be the last Democrat in West Virginia who can ever win. And so I think sometimes people think he might be overreading the situation in West Virginia a bit too much, and he could maybe be a little bit more to the left than he is. But in general, Joe Manchin, I think, gets a pass from a lot of people. Um, But cinema, you know, Arizona is a much, much bluer state. Uh, It has two Democratic senators and the other Democratic senator, Mark Kelly, is not doing what cinema is doing. You know, he has been much quieter. He has been much more of an ally to Biden's agenda and been willing to go along with it. And so, you know, Kelly is up for reelection now. Cinema is not. Um, And so I guess we're going to see, can Kelly get reelected? Um, how does that go? And, and then we'll see, you know, maybe cinema's not even going to run for reelection. Maybe she doesn't even like being a Senator. And so what she's doing now, she doesn't really care. Um, I think that's a very real possibility as well. Um, but yeah, so I, I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the two, I mean, just in, even in terms of their approach in state, Kelly has events, he's more accessible. Right. You can, as a reporter, you know, where you can find him cinema. Once again, it's, it's hard to reach her. That shouldn't be the case. I mean, Just say it should not. It should not. It should not be the case that constituents are lobbying their senators in the bathroom, not because of the safe space of the bathroom, but because they should have easy access to them in appropriate places like their office. Amanda Turkle, um, thank you for coming yes. to explain a bunch of this stuff to us. It really helps. <laughs> we really like <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you. Please, anytime. Um, good luck reporting out the <laughs> next phase of this uh, agenda passage, and, uh, and we will talk to you soon. We'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast. Thanks for listening.